If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, Yet ought we most chiefly so to do, when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me, Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their fault. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, and hath given power and commandment to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all them that truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, let us beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. will sing Psalm 96.
beginneth the ninth verse of the 60th chapter of the book of the prophet Isaiah. Surely the isles shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favour have I had mercy on thee. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles, and that their kings may be brought. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yea, those nations shall be utterly wasted. The glory of Lebanon shall come unto thee, the fir tree, the pine tree, and the box together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. The sons also of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despised thee shall bow themselves down at the soles of thy feet, and they shall call thee the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas thou hast been forsaken and hated, so that no man went through thee, I will make thee an eternal excellency, a joy of many generations. Thou shalt also suck the milk of the Gentiles, and shalt suck the breast of kings. And thou shalt know that I, the Lord, am thy Saviour and thy Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. For brass I will bring gold, and for iron I will bring silver, and for wood, brass, and for stones, iron. I will also make thy officers peace, and thine exactors righteousness. Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation, and thy gates praise. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Thy people also shall be all righteous, they shall inherit the land for ever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. Here endeth the first lesson.
Here beginneth the 17th verse of the 6th chapter of the letter of St. Paul to the Hebrews. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest for ever, after the order of Melchizedek. For this Melchizedek, King of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. 
Here endeth the second lesson. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
Almighty and everlasting God, who dost govern all things in heaven and earth, mercifully hear the supplications of thy people and grant us thy peace all the days of our life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Saviour. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. the fountain of all wisdom. We humbly beseech thee to bless our sovereign lady, Queen Elizabeth, and all who are set in authority under her, that they may order all things in wisdom, righteousness, and peace to the honor of thy holy name and the good of thy church and people. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. God save our gracious sovereign and all the members of the royal family. As we think on this world beset by plague and famine, by war and threat of civic disorder, we pray this early Scottish prayer. Thou who guidest Noah over the flood waves, hear us. Thou who with thy word recalled Jonah from the deep, deliver us. Thou who stretched forth thy hand to Peter as he sank, help us, O Christ. Son of God, who didst marvellous things of old, be favourable in our day also. Amen. In this time of plague, we pray the prayer from the Church of Ireland's 1926 prayer book for time of common plague or sickness, remembering most especially our sister foundation, the Hospital of St. Bartholomew, and all the doctors and nurses, porters and cleaners and administrators of that institution, and of all those across the world, laboring for those who are suffering and to alleviate their pain. O Almighty God, the Lord of life and death, of health and sickness, have mercy upon us, miserable sinners, now visited with great sickness and mortality. Withdraw from us this grievous affliction. Enlarge our charity to relieve those who need our help. Bless the remedies applied to assist them. Give us prudence to see and vigour to use those means which thy providence affords for preventing and alleviating such calamities. And above all, teach us to know how frail and uncertain our condition is, and so to number our days, that we may seriously apply our hearts to that holy and heavenly wisdom whilst we live here, which may, in the end, bring us to life everlasting, through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord. Amen. Thinking of our friends in the United States. We pray the prayer for unity. O God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Saviour, the Prince of Peace, give the peoples of the United States grace seriously to lay to heart 
the great dangers that they are in by their unhappy divisions. Take away all hatred and prejudice, and whatsoever else may hinder them from godly union and concord. That, as there is but one body and one spirit, and one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so we and they may henceforth be all of one heart and of one soul, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, of faith and charity, and may with one mind and mouth glorify thee. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. The choir will now sing the anthem, Almighty God, who by the leading of a star, by bull.
It is the hope that kills you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favour have I had mercy upon thee. Therefore thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night. This reading, our first reading today, sounds rather like my plans for the first big post-pandemic party that I would hold. Thy gates shall be opened continually. They shall not shut day nor night. People would come and go. Drink would flow heavily. Food would be gorged upon in epic quantities. I remember sitting down and planning it down to the last detail, including the date. July, I thought. July was a safe four months away from March. It would have to be over by then. Well, I was probably right about one thing, the month. The year, that was the hope that killed. And we're seeing a lot of hope in Isaiah today. The third section of the wonderful book of Isaiah was written just after the exile, just after Cyrus had sent the people of Israel back to the Holy Land, back to their ancestral homes, back to the temple. And Isaiah knew what they could look forward to, the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver, their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God. And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls, and their kings shall minister unto thee. And it's not all silver and gold. Isaiah is promising that most delicious of dishes, famously best served cold. The sons of them that afflicted thee shall come bending unto thee, and all they that despised thee shall bow down themselves at the soles of thee thy feet. Which doesn't sound overly edifying, from at least not from the vantage point of two and a half thousand years, and not having just emerged from a generation of slavery. But it was hope and excitement, the end of exile and a new future built back better. But a brief glance of the history of Jerusalem and the land around it at no point suggests that it became a superpower after this, nor that the sons of her enemies ever prostrated themselves at her feet. Quite the opposite, really. Isaiah's hope-filled dream lies in the same box as my July 2020 post-Covid party plans. Which is a crying shame, as the party, at least, would have been great fun. But the funny thing is, Isaiah seemed to know that this would happen. The passage shifts quite noticeably halfway through, as I'm sure you noticed when it was read just now. The promise of a return to earthly glory with a nice dose of revenge served on the side shifts to the positively abstract. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. Which is all very well, but that doesn't sound very much like a return to normalcy. Isaiah takes his readers on a little journey, from the triumphant hope that they are probably all expecting as he settles down to write it, to a longer, more complete, but less earthy transformation promised. Well, no time is set for that, but it's very much in God's good time. Those who were originally reading his work, and he was the third person to write under the name of Isaiah, would have known exactly what to expect. 
vivid imagery, fierce denunciations, and a firm pointing of everything back to God. Which is why this isn't lurking in the history section of the Bible. It isn't in the history section at all. It's prophecy. And it has a lot to say to us. In fact, it could hardly be better timed for us here in this first even song without a congregation as death rates shoot higher and hospitals are filling up as people we know fall ill and people we know may die. This is a little warning about hope. That the hopes we dream in the darkness of our return to the glory of what went before are going to be just that, dreams. We won't be going back as we were before. We can't. We bear the scars, just as Jesus bore the scars after he rose from the tomb. We will have been changed by our exile, my friends, just as the Hebrews were by theirs. There's no way round that. There's no going back. But the hope Isaiah is pointing us towards is so much more exciting than anything we've had go before. We are being called by Isaiah to see the true light that is brighter and more brilliant than the sun. The light that lighteth every man that came into the world at Christmas. This is the genius of Isaiah. He points us through our current miseries to the divine. He shares the hope that the current miseries will pass. None of this, you can be just as happy in lockdown, it's just a frame of mind nonsense. He owns the misery his people have suffered and played along with their dreams of the biggest house party ever once it was all passed. But he gently reminds us that there is a house party bigger yet if I haven't tortured that analogy to death. And that it is the hope of this that is the way through. And that will help us get through the disappointment when everything doesn't get back to normal afterwards and jobs don't miraculously reappear and some friendships have died and some friends have died too. But the reality of life is deeper than this, says Isaiah. And we know that if we're honest. And we know that the joys we hope to enjoy are but pale imitations of the joy that is transcendent. And the silence we have had to endure is a chance we have, we might have, to sound the depths of life a little better and to hear the voice of God a little clearer so that when we are at last released from our bondage, the world we will help to rebuild will be that little bit brighter and that little bit more full of God than the one we left behind almost one year ago. Amen. Now, before we come to the time of blessing, I have one announcement to make which actually ties in quite well with the, the ending of the gospel of oh, the gospel of the sermon not quite an evangelist yet um, which is the opportunity to hear the voice of God a little bit clearer we've decided that next week starting from next week we're going to offer a half an hour weekly um, prayer session meditative prayer session using the ancient, the ancient practice of Lectio Divina, holy, divine reading. That, in all, because I think quite a lot of us right now actually need a little bit more grounding, a little bit more prayer, a little bit more silence, a little bit more reflection. And what better time than that than lockdown? And so I'm going to invite you, if you're interested, in joining us at 4.15 next Sunday, and then all subsequent Sundays, on Zoom, and there will be a link attached to this service on YouTube and on Facebook and on the website, and it will also go around by email, it will also be on the website, and we'll be using 
passages of scripture in order to pray and to hear God. Because the way that Lectio Divina works is we use a passage, we read a passage, and read it and read it and read it and read it. And as we read it again and again, different words leap out and different phrases leap out. Um, and there's essentially a conversation going on between you and your subconscious and God. And the text brings that to the fore. And it makes it much easier to be able to hear God, to hear the divine. So I invite you to be a part of that, and to join us next week. And then we've timed it. So that after that finishes, then you can tune into Evensong and enjoy that and allow God to wash over you and fill you up in the way that Evensong always does. For us to keep going, I'm afraid we need your good old-fashioned cold hard cash or electronic cash to be more accurate. I'd like to ask you to imagine right now that um, the collection bowl is going round, as it used to in days of old, and that you would now make a contribution such as you would have done in days of old into that box, but to do it online, using the links on YouTube or on Facebook or on Buzzsprout or, um, or Spotify or wherever they are, and to click through on those and to make a donation to keep this 900-year-old building up, to keep our choir singing keep our ministry going because we aren't going to be able to survive without it we really need your help and support now I invite you wherever you are, listening or watching to bow your heads and to pray for God's blessing the peace of God which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his son Jesus Christ our Lord and the blessing of God Almighty the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost be upon you and remain with you this night and always. Amen.